Hi, welcome to Offscript. I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Today on the show, we're talking about the Oscars. Yes, the 94th Annual Academy Awards have happened. That's right, uh, finally. Finally, yeah, the greatest thing ever to happen to cinema has occurred. Uh, the award show that we look forward to every year here on Offscript has finally happened, and we're excited to talk about it. Uh, we got winners, we got losers, we got snubs, and yeah, we're going to talk about the slap. We got to talk about the slap. <laughs> Andy, yeah. Andy, how can we not talk about the slap, right? We gotta, exactly. It's I feel the... like we have to get in front of that. <laughs> The biggest scandal since Envelope Gate. It's true. It's yeah. It's the biggest biggest scandal since Warren Beatty said, uh, "God, La La Land won Best Picture when really it was Moonlight." Right? That was the deal. Yeah. What year did that happen? That was uh, twenty sixteen or so. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Were you watching live when that went down? Did no, you? I don't think. All right, I think I had like looked away for a second or something like that. Right, or are we like like La La Land had won everything right. that night, and so we're sure. like, oh, this is gonna win Best Picture, I'm sure. Right. Other otherwise, a moment when nothing cool would have happened, uh, something cool happened. So you know, it is what it is. But uh, we're gonna talk about the Oscars. We're also gonna talk about this little little itty bitty movie on Hulu called Fresh. Uh, Andy watched it just a couple weeks ago, and I think we mentioned it on the podcast after he watched it. Um, but I took a look at it this week, and we're gonna talk about it a bit more. Also, gonna have a few words about Drive My Car. Uh, I got Andy to watch Drive My Car. It was a weird trade this week. Uh, so we talked about <laughs> that right. back in episode. Yes, we talked about that back in episode one sixty six. We're gonna talk about it a little bit more here. But if you want to hear uh, at least my full fledged review, listen to this whole episode, then go subscribe to Offscript Film Review, and then roll back to one sixty six and check out Drive My Car. Uh, it's 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 good stuff. First things first, though. Before all this small talk, we got to get to the news. And the first story this week: Matt Reeves is uh, deleted the Batman scene is making waves on the internet. Now we can't show this and I can't really play it because believe it or not, we started getting some copyright flags for our podcast, but right. we, got we can talk big. about it. Uh, what is this deleted scene, Andy? Right, so so Matt Reeves sent uh, or posted a deleted scene, quote unquote deleted scene, uh, which is about a five minute interrogation scene of the Batman and uh, the new with the new Joker uh, played by Barry Keown. Um, and it's real interesting because it, it's a page right out of Silence of the Lambs where the Batman is approaching the Joker to, with help uh, with finding the Riddler. And he, he gives him a file. He says, what, what do you know? What do you see? And, you know, and, and they do you know some of that like pr- quid pro quo where he's going to give him some information. He's going to help him profile. But he's also toying with the bat because that's what the Joker does. It's a fantastic scene. It's about five minutes long, which, which was also really amazing. I do think this this is a piece of viral marketing. I don't think it's necessarily a deleted scene. It, it seems too long, and it doesn't. It would kind of take away, I think, from the main film. Uh, but it's pretty phenomenal, um, and I've definitely watched it a few times. It's it's a great scene. Yeah, it's an interesting release uh, for Reeves to drop after the film. But apparently, he's explained in interviews, at least to IGN, when he talked about it, like he very much he very much likes the scene. It's a really well put together scene. It's very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, we have uh, Barry Keoghan's character like behind glass, constantly out of focus. You never get a good look at him, but you can just see there's this kind of disfigured shape back there talking to Batman uh, and Batman trying to get info on his killer. Take a look at this stuff. What do you think of this? I know you're not. That's just like he is, right? What do you know? Um, it's, you know, a little bit like like Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter, and it's really good. It's really good stuff. Uh, but it's hard to deny 
it it would would have heavily distracted from the main plot. I think. Yeah, no one would have cared about the Riddler. If that yeah, scene there. If, if I didn't know any better, this this the scene's fully edited with music and color correction, and everything. So like, it seems like they cut this very late in production. If anything, maybe they ran it in front of test audiences, and test audiences wrote on their little cards the end of the movie like wanted more Joker. <laughs> like all I could think about was this scene. Um, so so you know, a bit of a bummer. It's not in there, but it's it's cool. We can see it, right? Yeah, and it it takes things in a in a different direction, you know. It's it, after Chris Nolan's movies, it didn't seem like Batman could get darker or grittier. But he, here we have, and we have a Joker who is heavily scarred. You know, one of the the mythos of the Joker is that he falls into a vat of chemicals, and that's what turns him crazy and turns his skin white. Uh, and so we have that Barry Keown's version is this semi disfigured like he looks like a burn victim i mean he's, he's got like acid scars all over his arms all over like he's just got like tufts of hair um like you know it looks like someone who's been in a fire and so they're they're taking that cue v- very you know just they're going in, in a really interesting way also this is this is a joker who has already been captured and who's that you know him and batman have an established relationship already it's not like the dark knight where it was like a new introducing this new villain um you know he it's like you know you and me we've been at this for a while and matt reeves made a comment that this is actually kind of like joker before joker this is before he's like full-fledged you know the person he, he is so i assume we'll see more of him in a sequel to come yeah, um, it's a chilling scene, and it's really well put together. You should go check it out. It's available on YouTube. I'm sure IGN's got it floating around. A bunch of people have reposted it, so if you can find it, try to watch it from the official Warner Brothers channel. It's going to be the best quality. Um, so far, the Batman has made $411 million at the box office. Keep an eye out for the Penguin series follow-up on HBO. Um, and keep it on off script for more about the Batman. Uh, the next story we have, getting into the Oscars, because we got it. That's uh, that, Look, that was big news this week. That, that was This is what's going on. The Oscars ratings. <laughs> we'll, get to the, we'll get to the drama in a second. But for a, for a moment, we got to talk about who was watching the Oscars. Because every year, they're trying to get more people to watch the Oscars. Every year, they want more people to watch the Academy Awards. Andy, how did they do this year? A lot better than last year. You know, the uh, the headline is that Oscars have uh, rebounded from by 50, 60% from last year. Well, w- when it's the worst viewing of all time, that isn't as good as it sounds. So last year, uh, they had about 10 million, 11 million viewers, which was an all-time low. And uh, this year, they came in at about 16. So that that is a huge jump percentage-wise, but that's still really low. The Their pre-pandemic numbers were about 26 million. Um, and their peak, I think, around the early to mid two thousands, would have been about forty six million. So huge. I mean, they've been declining for for a while now. For I mean, probably the last ten years, and they uh, really bottomed out last year, primarily because of the pandemic. So a lot of that is pandemic recovery. It's going to be slow, but it's you know, it's not a great recovery. Uh, there were some attempts to make the show smaller this year uh, every year it feels like the oscars are trying to do something new to kind of bring people in keep them hooked and also you know address common broadcast complaints which are it's too long it's boring nothing exciting happens uh last year they had director steven soderbergh uh, helm the show this year i don't know who was at the front of it but uh they cut a handful of categories to f- film before the broadcast and then run edited versions of those acceptance speeches during the broadcast um, they did that to, I think, six categories, like sound and sound editing. Um, 
and I, I think film editing was the big one that people were upset about. Like, how are you going to hide editing in, in, in a pre-broadcast? But whatever. Uh, the show is still a half hour longer. It was, it was just short of four hours this year. It was like three hours, 42 minutes. Like, last year, it was three hours, 18. So, what's like... What's going on? <laughs> well, yeah, you guys I are think cutting what categories, they, trying to make it shorter, and it's still longer. Like, what's up? Yeah, they made those categories go by faster, but then I think they just probably stuffed in more commercials because that's the thing. I, I remember looking at the clock, and it was like, you know, nine forty or or something, and they had four or five categories left. It took them over an hour to do like the last four big categories. So it seems like they're really just trying to shove as many commercial breaks in there and. Uh, really, I mean, they're stretching it out for money reasons, and I mean, they got to get the show under like to three hours. Three hours would be fine. That would hey, be perfect. I, I have some theories as to how they could do that, and also to get more people to watch the Oscars. I'll lay out my opinions, and Andy, I want to hear if you have any uh, dissenting. Number one, they need to probably bump the show up to afternoon, right? Like bump it up an hour or two, like make it more of a midday evening thing. Um, you know, make it a bit like the Super Bowl, right? Like I know Super Bowl can often run in the evening, but. Um, I think it'd be a little bit more accessible if people were going about their day, like right out of church on Sunday, and they're like, oh, hey, Oscars start in an hour, you know? Um, that might be well, something. Well, it still starts at, it starts at 5 p.m. Pacific. Not early so enough. So it's still like, <laughs> it it's noon. just so long, yeah. It is long, yeah. It's it's They, they struggle to keep it under four hours, it seems, each year. Uh, number two, God, they've got to show more exclusive movie clips or like exclusive trailers, right? Like you think of like the cool ads that run during the, the Super Bowl. Like it'd be cool if the Academy Awards did that for movies, right? Like you're going to see exclusive trailers you can't see anywhere else or Netflix will drop some cool movie same day on streaming. They'll just advertise it and now available like the Cloverfield Paradox. Not a great example because the movie wasn't good, but I mean, just make it more <laughs> like, you know, exciting for film people. Like those are going to be the people watching the thing uh, and they just don't seem to have the, have the ability to do that. I think you got to pick a little bit more relevant films. I mean, I know the Oscars is supposed to be kind of a celebration of cinema as an art, not necessarily about box office, but you know, Spider-Man should have had more recognition because it was the film that saved cinema. It's made more money than anything in the last two years. Um, and it was, it was kind of nowhere. The other thing, great movies like, you know, the green Knight, which I think would have had a lot of interest were completely, absent and then a whole bunch of things that no one has seen that no one's really excited for or talking about because you know that's in the old days that's how around oscar season there'd be like oh this great movie that no you know you may not have seen or heard about it it's got a lot of buzz it's really great you got to see it there's none of that there, there's none of these indies that that i've heard about that are like oh yeah it's it's it'll change your life it'll change your mind it'll like nothing yeah it's um you know, and we're coming out of a weird year at the movies. That's that's the other thing worth mentioning. Uh, you know, th this last year or so has been primarily dominated by films at the box office that are going to be angled towards male audiences because younger male audiences are the people going to see movies, right? Older folks, they're staying home because of COVID. Uh, a lot of women are not coming back to the movies. In fact, we just saw some success with The Lost City coming out last week, getting $30 million opening weekend. That was like a blowout for 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 women's films because uh, they're not doing that well right now so a lot of the movies from last year were either nostalgia properties right are they're gonna be stuff that are aimed at dudes like dune or spider-man um those are the things that did particularly well so in a lot of ways those start to dominate the conversation regardless yeah the, like the, i think the oscars um i don't know i think they need to narrow their scope a little bit or maybe widen it i, I don't know <laughs> I, I mean a little uh, about one well, and then yeah. there's some things like 
uh, you know, I'm just looking through some of these best picture. I mean, like Nightmare Alley is a great film. It just came out at the wrong time. It came out the same day as, as Spider-Man No Way Home. There was no way that was going to, you know, doomed. it got completely overlooked. Uh, yeah. But then you have, th- but then you got weird things like Don't Look Up, which I actually think a lot of people saw, but it was a kind of mediocre film. Nobody liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people so did, on the but... nose, ham-fisted Dune. I think Dune's a great example of kind of both ways of it's, it's a blockbuster kind of film, but it's it's got a lot of great filmmaking, and it did go on uh, to win a lot of awards, which we'll talk about later. Um, some of these other ones, though, like Belfast, uh, we couldn't see that. We tried to, but Licorice Pizza, same thing. Yeah. Um, and then this, this kind of some miss is uh, West Side Story. Just didn't really catch any any buzz or any legs, and you know, I thought it was a really good adaptation. Yeah. And same thing with like uh, King Richard and a lot of people. The one film people were talking a lot about was uh, The Power of the Dog, um, which was available on Netflix. And we saw it some. I mean, we did this an episode on it a while ago. It's true. Um, and, but that film kind of had some of its own issues that we'll get to get into later. So it, it, it's a weird choice uh, of some of, of that they're making. Like they're picking some films that they think everyone's going to be talking about. And they're like I said, like, don't look up. But. No one really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like so, somehow they they seem to always be stepping on toes. No it's like, what, what is this list? <laughs> I know. Well, well, we'll we'll get into the list shortly. But before we get there, we have one more story we got to cover. Will Smith smacks Chris Rock at the Oscars. <laughs> so, Andy, for anybody who hasn't heard, uh, do you mind? I, I can explain it, but I feel like it's it's a, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to tell the world what's the, what's going on in this story. So do you want to do you want to take the reins on this one? Please do. Sure. I and I wasn't I wasn't watching at at the time, but uh, someone someone next to me was like, "Oh my gosh, this thing just happened!" And I was like, "What?" And then I like ran to the Twitter to get <laughs> to see the footage. But uh, uh, yes, at one point towards uh, the end of the night, uh, Chris Rock made a j- joke about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. And uh, Will Smith walked on stage and slapped him pretty hard and then walked back yeah. and then had some choice words afterwards. And uh, it was bizarre. Like at first people thought it was a bit. They thought it was uh, staged maybe. Um, but the more like, you know, the more footage came out, some uh, some of the unedited uh, or uncensored versions came out. And no, he really hit this guy <laughs> over uh, a remark he made. And it was and then. Yeah, it was just bizarre, a bizarre situation. Um, and that's what's happened. And then, and then there's kind of been the fallout. You know, uh, Will Smith has since apologized for his actions, um, but it's still it's bizarre. I mean, you had physical violence at this award show. Yeah, it it, it was really strange. Um, this happened about an hour before the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> Will Smith is nominated for Best Actor, so he and, he and his wife are sitting front row. Uh, Chris Rock is up doing his thing tell, telling a line of jokes like for for the academy awards and one of our uh, uh lead nominees stands up walks across the stage and slaps him walks back and then screams at him twice and it was weird because yeah when you watch the clip uh, you can hear them and you can find it on youtube it's on yeah, facebook twitter it's floating around i promise if you unless you've been living under a rock listening to nothing but old off script episodes you've probably seen it by now uh but in case you haven't um it's a weird clip because you can hear everybody in the audience like 
kind of like you can hear them kind of be surprised at first, but everybody for the most part claps through it and cheers through it or whatever. And then when Will screams the first time, they definitely start to quiet down a little. And then after the second time, which is really aggressive, that's that's where everybody starts to get weird. And you can see yeah, the actors uh, and actresses in the background <laughs> starting to like their faces Lupita. drop and everybody's getting their phones out like, oh, my God, this just happened. Uh, yeah, crazy. the and Yango was like right behind him and she's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, uh, this is happening right now. And yeah, so obviously, obviously, first off, physical violence is never okay. The answer, especially for someone that's essentially, you know, trash talking. And, you know, Chris, people have criticized Chris Rock as well. And he did make an, you know, kind of on off color and sensitive joke. But that's also what comedians do. That's what they're paid to do. Like, I mean, how is Ricky Gervais still alive after like the jokes he makes at these these things? Like he skewers people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. God. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's just it was a strange reaction. It's it's almost one of those things where someone flips out, and it's usually about something completely unrelated to the thing that, to like the straw, that uh, breaks the camel's back. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It's it's just a really weird energy, and it's weird coming from our man Will Smith because Will Smith is normally such a, a a positive force on the internet, right? I know he's on Instagram, he's got a TikTok account, um, and he's usually very much like spreading kindness and positivity. So like, it was really weird. It was really weird. Um, it blew up shortly after everybody was talking about it. Um, the hot, the memes are so it. good. Oh my god! <laughs> I wish we could share them on the show. We won't. Um, you know, we we could just kind of talk through it. But anyway, uh, uh, it's weird. Like I, I was telling Andy last night, I was scrolling through my Twitter account Sunday night. Like you could see on my Twitter feed, like lightning strike at the moment it happened and suddenly from then on it went from like just kind of mumbling oscar talk on film twitter to like all anybody was talking about was the slap and whether or not it was real and hot takes and opinions and calls for him to be ejected from the theater and other people say chris rock was wrong um it is nuts this has been the thing people have been talking about (laughs) yeah i mean there's there's still talking about it today and it's such a shame because Will Smith would have to get up on stage within an hour and give a speech uh, accepting an award. And he looked like he was having a freaking out-of-body experience trying to simultaneously thank the Academy for the award and then <laughs> deeply apologize to everybody for making himself look like a jackass. Like, really weird, I, man. I, yeah, he's crying. I haven't watched that yet. I should, I should a, watch that. I he's a vessel it. of love. Have you really not? No. I haven't watched the whole thing. I've watched bits of it a few times. It just sounds too I, like too cringe. I, it's like, too, it's I can't. too cringe. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> like it's too. I, I can't watch this guy who just smacked somebody and shouted at them like suddenly get up and and give like a tearful thanks and like I I shouldn't be that way. That's that that's not growth. But since then he's apologized. Uh, he got on Instagram what Monday right midday. And said, "Hey, I I'm sorry, Chris Rock. I didn't mean it. You know, he apologized. He apologized profusely at the time to the Academy and nominees. Not Chris Rock. Um, is he coming to the Oscars next year, Andy? I mean, what are we? What do yeah. You well, so this is this is like you know, it's a PR nightmare. Uh, you know, and De- yeah. Denzel Washington got out there and said something about you know, the devil comes after you in your in your we, best your moments highest, or something. Yeah." Yeah, trying to do some damage control. Uh, there's, a, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some fallout for Will Smith specifically. You know, you, you uh, it's a bad, it's a bad look. Um, you know, and you think of, I think of him most recently as like from, you know, Disney's Aladdin. Uh, you know, he's he's a very kind of family oriented, you know, entertainer, and so 
that I mean, there might be some fallout for him. Uh, also, the the Academy is trying to figure out what to do. They're, you know, they're not going to like strip his Oscar or anything, but they're they got to do something. They feel like they got to do something. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. It it, but you know, he's a wealthy and very famous celebrity. It, it's it's not going to be too. But he'll be. Everyone will forget, and it'll be a meme in a year or so. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. Like ultimately, Chris Rock didn't press charges. And it is damn good television, obviously. Um, some people have said the Oscars made this a bit. This isn't even real. Um, I doubt that. I really do. Because it would be the smartest thing the Oscars did in two decades. So I, I don't think that's it's, real. It's, yeah, it's too smart. There's no, it's too clever. Yeah. Uh, but um, this will be stuck on him. This will be a thing, I think, in the future. Like when people talk about Will Smith, there will be people in the comments oh, dropping yeah. slap I mean, memes, pe- like people for a re- very remem- long time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, th- people remember this for the next... 20 years yeah easily people, I, and it, yeah and it's going to be attached to the oscars but, you know people are going to say for for years now wasn't as good as 2022 and then the slap picture like just i mean if you're if you're watching on us on facebook it's it, it says it all like we added up it's just <laughs> like it's just it's just so egregious yeah so, i mean uh um, yeah chris rock is going to have material forever yeah yeah it seems like it uh bummer Bummer. I'm 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 bummed for Will Smith and I'm bummed for Chris Rock and I I think this was a not a great move. Uh just all around. But good television again. And speaking of good television, we should move on to our formal review of the most exciting night in cinema <laughs> ever in, in the history of cinema. Andy, you want to uh you want to do the honors? Time for our twenty twenty two Oscars recap. So, uh, the Oscars were Sunday night. Uh, some surprises, some not surprises. Obviously, <laughs> the big talk is the the slap. But we're here to t- talk about the awards themselves, the winners, the losers, and kind of how everything played out. Uh, there's kind of ton to go through. Uh, we'll try to go through this. Uh, we'll just do every other one. We'll start with Best Picture. And a huge surprise, uh, the movie Coda won Best Picture. Uh, we haven't seen it. I've maybe seen part of a trailer and I, I think I've heard a review about it. And all I know is that the, the premise is there's a, uh, a family of two deaf parents who rely very heavily on their, their child who is not deaf. Um, and that child begins to have a successful music career, has the option to like go on tour and this would require leaving his parents. And so it's a big, uh, you know, family drama about like, well, I want to stay and you know, my parents need me, but I also have this opportunity. And that's all I re- really know know about it i've heard it's good big surprise though uh th- this is a movie from apple films or from apple to tv plus i guess the first streaming film to win best picture somehow beat netflix to it because netflix has been trying hard to win a best picture they sure um have. uh so we definitely have to watch it now for the show at some point i have heard it's good i have not heard it's great so it's it's surprising pick every everyone's money was on power of the dog or belfast yeah uh, i didn't see coda but I know a couple of people that did that I talked to and they said it was really, you know, middling. They were like, yeah, it's heartwarming. <laughs> it's nice. But like, it's a bit Hallmark and like, ah, eh, you know, and I just thought out of the nominees this year, there were so many stronger picks. And like, I know I haven't seen it, but like, I also have heard nothing about it. Like nothing exciting. Nobody's talking about it. Like, you know, movies like Dune or even Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, Westhead Sword, King Richard, Belfast, all of them, all of them seem like more 
prominent picks. And I'm not going to say picking an underdog is bad. It isn't. Last year, Parasite won. I didn't think Parasite was going to win. I was very excited Parasite won. Um, but last year this was one no, just, Nomadland. Yeah, I, I, right. I, I'm sorry. You were four. Yes, last year was Nomadland, which I also liked. Um, you know, I guess I need to see Coda and and change my tune a little bit. But I, yeah, admittedly, I'm a little bummed because I just thought there were so many, so many others that would do that would probably be in front uh, that I'm surprised it didn't actually well, happen. I, I read an interesting thing about you know the voting. First of all, there's a preferential voting ballot for best picture, and I guess you list your your favorites um, in order. But also, uh, apparently, the the critics worry about how they the films relate to audiences um, and. The Power of the Dog is a very, it's very cold, kind of uh, profound neo-western. It's very slow. It's not super accessible. How many it's a little of those, weird. Oh, how, how many How many Academy Award critics do you think were on their phones watching a Netflix at home? Like they were just, <laughs> that first hour, dude, is brutal if you're watching at yeah. home. Uh, Power of so, the Dog, it's really hard. So, you, so when your choice is that, or, or something like Coda, which is like, it's it's a family film, it's heartwarming. It, again, it's very saccharine and hallmark. It's... Well, you know, that's a little bit more of an audience pleaser. So that in that, that sense, it's not surprising. But um, and again, it's a film that, that features several prominently, uh, you know, deaf actors. So that's it's a lot of progress in its own way. And those are good things. But um, yeah, I've heard the film was kind of weak. And if if you're going to pick a film like that, last year's uh, Sound of Metal is the uh, the film that I would choose of about, you know, a deaf protagonist. You just really like Sound of Metal. Um, it's so good. It's I so haven't good. seen Coda, but I, I agree. I, I did think Sound of Metal was very good, even if it, it hit a little too close to home for me. Uh, all of these are winners in my heart, but of course, only one can be the winner of the 94th Academy Awards. So congrats to Coda and congrats to the team. We will have to watch it. Shoot, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Andy and I watch it and we're completely like blown away by what's going on in it. But it just, it just seems like it hasn't had a lot going on, and that's okay. Uh, our next category, Best Actor. Goes to Will Smith of her King Richard. <laughs> how Other awkward. nominees. Oh, how awkward. Other nominees included Javier Bardem from Being the Ricardos, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, what do you... Th- okay, first off, outside of the slap, right? Like, just as, as a category here, as the winner, I think Will Smith is one of the... I mean, he was a front runner for sure. Like, I, I, I felt like a lot of people said, said he this. might take it. Yeah. I said this last week. I said Will Smith might win because he's Will Smith and he's a Hollywood institution and he hasn't won the big award. I need to and go. so he's kind of, he's just kind of due for it because of his his career. That sounds like and something I would have... Yeah, go ahead. It doesn't no no you did you didn't believe you didn't believe in yes. me but the, which was fine uh because <laughs> but he still won. Uh I mean Denzel Washington was was fine. Uh I heard Andrew Garfield was phenomenal in Tick Tick Boom. I, I didn't see it. Uh you know, The Power of the Dog got had eleven or twelve nominations. I didn't see uh being the Ricardos. I heard it's kinda bad, but I yeah, heard that I Javier did. Bardem is good at it. I need to see Tick, Tick, Boom, and I guess being the Ricardos. I'm not too anxious to see that one. But but of what we saw, which was King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tragedy Macbeth, yeah, okay, I, I'll take it. I honestly thought Benedict Cumberbatch might get it. I thought Will Smith as Richard Williams was good, but I just, I kept, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought he could fine. go a little deeper. Yeah, and Andrew Garfield's like singing and dancing, and he's not a, a singer by trade, so I figured maybe he'd get one. He's young. He's in the new Spider-Man. Like, I don't know, but uh, it just goes to show it's not it's not a popularity contest, or at least may, maybe it is a popularity contest, and I just don't know who's popular, but 
Uh, Andy, Andy was spot on the money. Yeah, I, I, I was totally a naysayer last week. I was like, nah, that's dumb. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Uh, Andy, best actress. You want to dig in here? Yeah, yeah. Best actress went to Jessica Chastain for uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye Baker, uh, or the, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, I've heard that that she is great in that movie, but that the movie itself is just kind of mediocre. But uh, a real standout. This is another award. I think it's kind of a culmination because she's just been in so many great films over the years. Uh, also, other nominees were Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, which we did review. Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, Ricardos, and Penelope Cruz for uh, parallel mothers um not not surprised I, she was kind of the front runner I, I felt like the field was a little weak this year yeah i i like i said last week i'm almost ashamed of how few of these we've seen uh the only one we watched for the show was the lost daughter uh eyes of tammy faye is currently available on hbo i really would like to see spencer but i think that one's not really floating around uh i haven't seen it anywhere in my it's by it's by the same guy who did the uh jackie o uh, yes biopic yeah, with, from a couple of years Natalie ago Portman, right yeah mm-hmm. um but now i heard great things and yeah i don't know i was hoping hoping kristen stewart would get it from a long shot and i didn't see parallel mothers i'm gonna be honest it was showing at a couple local theaters i just <laughs> honestly, i feel like Pe- Pe- pedro pedro almodovar sneaks in here every every year or every other yeah year. honestly i think knocking out parallel mothers i didn't like the poster sometimes all it takes Sometimes just a, a, a weird poster will knock you off a movie. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't going to go see everything ever all at once for the same reason because they got a weird poster. But uh, either way, congrats, Jessica Chastain. I hope she I hope she keeps getting work. I know there's a there's a history of, of people winning these awards and kind of falling off the map a little bit. So um, I know she's still producing. I think she's getting into directing. Right. So like, hey, good for her. Shoot, it's not easy to, to, to win an Academy Award. Uh, what do you want to cover next year? And we'll just keep going and see if we can go through them a little uh, quicker. All right. Uh, yeah, best yeah. Ori- well, here, now that we're through the, the fast ones, yeah, go ahead. Uh, best original song went to No Time to Die. Uh, Billy Billie Eilish and uh, Phineas O'Connell for uh, No Time to Die, uh, which actually came out, the song came out a while ago, but because uh, everything got delayed by the pandemic, it's just finally got around, around to a war season. Other um, nominees were... Uh, dos Oruguitas from uh, Encanto. Uh, somewhat, somehow you do uh, down to joy, which I don't know what movies these are from. <laughs> Be alive and down Either, down yeah. to joy. Yeah, they, these not very mem- memorable songs. Uh, no time. I mean, no time to die was the big winner there. That, that's not really a surprise. It's it's notable because uh, the song from that really i think took off lately was we don't talk about bruno from encanto which is also lin-manuel yeah, massive song yes uh so big that they performed it at the oscars with the cast and megan the stallion um but didn't get nominated it's like you guys are going to perform it on stage singing and dancing but you didn't even bother throwing it a nom like it's like they knew it's like they knew we we missed this one so they they got all the clout from it but didn't actually bother nominate but uh, hey no time to die it's a solid track uh you know Billy Billie Eilish isn't always singing positively so it's actually nice to hear her and Phineas working on something that's a little uh uplifting even though it sounds kind of depressing but you know it's, it's a solid track again uh best animated feature sorry again next best animated feature uh went to Encanto from Disney other nominees include Luca from Disney Ryan the Last Dragon from Disney the Mitchells versus the Machines uh and Flea which was a Iranian film I think mm-hmm. um also so about Flea he was also nominated this is kind of incredible for best international feature and best mm. documentary um that's pretty outstanding yeah for an animated film so it's and it's it's a very serious film um 
which I think we real. If we get a slow week, we definitely should should watch. I think we it's available should now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it shows up in some other categories, not which is rare for an animated film. Yeah, I'm not surprised by Encanto winning. Uh, I don't mean to say best animated feature is basically a Disney vehicle at this point, but like they almost consistently have over half of the nominees every year, so it's hard to deny like they are. Well, very like you said, much they swinging le- for these. They leave out all the anime films that come out every year. Yeah, that Jujutsu Kaisen movie's not in here. Like Weathering with You was a huge movie two years ago, and like that didn't get nominated. Like it, it's a weird movie. It's weird. You don't see anime in the animated feature category. Just, just something to think about in the future. I don't know if they'll change that, but you know. Uh, any thoughts? You want to bounce, bounce down to best director? Let's go down to best director. Do it. Uh, the big winner, or one of the big. Oh, big awards of the night. Uh, best director went to Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. The only win for that movie out of like 12 awards. You know, everyone thought that that, w- that movie might sweep the whole thing. And again, that's part of what usually happens. Usually there's a lot of buzz about the the movies that end up winning. And this was probably the the one that had the most. Uh, this, uh, this is the second win for Jane Campion. She also won for The Piano back in the 90s. Uh, other nominees were Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, uh, Ray Suke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, uh, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, and Paul Thomas Anderson for uh, Licorice Pizza. Um, yeah, Jane Campion was a front runner for that. She's all anyone talked about. I'm surprised. How is Paul Thomas Anderson on this list at all? Like, did anyone see Licorice Pizza? <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter saw Licorice Pizza, and they think it's either brilliant or racist. I haven't seen it, um, but you know, I'm excited to watch it at some point. Talk about it on the show. Um, you know. For the categories, I really thought Steven Spielberg might take it. Uh, as much as I was kind of middling on West Side Story, it was really brilliantly shot. And it's really well put together. Even though it's a remake, like there's a lot going on there. I uh, think the, yeah. The, the, I think the big issue with West Side Story is it was a bomb. It just, yeah. And the, the, the Academy doesn't... <laughs> They don't necessarily like to reward films that totally bomb. Like it's one thing for an indie not to make a lot of money. It's another thing for a hundred million dollars Steven Spielberg vehicle to not make a lot of money. It's true, um, but you know, uh, Power of the Dog obviously had a lot going for it. It had nominees and Best Actor and Best Actress, and that didn't have Best Actress nominee, but I mean, it had support. Not a bunch of noms. Like it had a lot going on, so it's hard to say that they didn't at least like what was going on here. I, I'm, you know, look honestly. Ever since I watched The Piano back in school I, i've been middling on jane campion i still kind of am <laughs> i just am like she's okay <laughs> like, i don't know like uh but she's now a two-time academy award not winning director so like she's clearly better than i think she is i think i need to go back and maybe revisit her movies and uh see what Deliver i'm us from the power of jane campion yeah like somebody somebody please write into the show and explain to me like what i what i don't see uh in 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 her in her movies because i think she's she, i think she's all right like i think she's all right um you know uh any thoughts on this one andy uh, about international feature or movie? Uh, did you talk about? Did you say best director? I don't remember if you. Yes, I did say. Okay, yes. well then, well to tell you what, let me down, bounce down to international feature. Uh, best international feature went to Drive My Car, which we're really excited to have seen and a little bit excited to talk about. Other nominees include The Hand of God, Flea. That was that animated feature Andy mentioned. Uh, Lunana, a Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World, which is another movie I heard a little bit about, um, but have not seen. Andy, you've seen one of these. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to be the yeah. What do, you, what do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll t- talk about it a little bit later. Yeah, Drive My Car yeah. is phen- phenomenal. It's it's. I mean, it's very long. It's a full three hours. Um, it is a really um, incredible piece of work. I feel like it's better 
be suited for like a TV miniseries because uh, there's nothing from it that I would cut. I, could, I couldn't think of any section that you could leave out. It's all really important. There's no. just so much of it. It feels like it could have been like an HBO three part or something like and they could have put it on there where people like seem to respect like series and movies a little bit more. And I think it would have had some real buzz, but um, we'll talk about it more uh, briefly after our fresh review. Uh, Best supporting actress, Andy. Ariana DuBose uh, won for West Side Story, her portrayal of Anita. Uh, She was a huge favorite, big front runner. She's incredible in that movie. She's got to sing and dance and act speak English and Spanish. It's really impressive. Uh, and she's already on Broadway as well, so not not surprising. Uh, other nominees were Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, Jesse Buckley, Her Lost Daughter, Judy Dench for Belfast, and uh, Anjanae Ellis for King Richard. Um, I think she was the front runner far and away. I, I, I did say last week, man, it'd be really cool if Jesse Buckley won, but I didn't think it was going to happen because it was a pretty small role. Uh, Anita's role is very much larger, so much so that this is the first character um, on both sides of the film's timeline that that our, our actress who plays Anita has won an Oscar. Right, Rita Moreno won it for way back in the day. Our editor both just won it today. Both playing the same character. Crazy. Never happened before in film. Uh, just goes to show how far we've come with our sequels and remakes. Congrats to Ariana DeVose. She's super good in it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, next up, Best Supporting Actor went to Troy Kotsur from CODA. Yes. Uh, other nominees include Sierra Hines from Belfast, Cody Smith-McPhee from The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons from Being the Ricardos, and Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog. Uh, we've only seen one of these, but technically that means we've seen two performances in this category. Since yeah, you're from right. The Power of the Dog. Andy, any thoughts on Troy Kotsur taking it away? Again, a big favorite. He'd won some of the other awards. It's a really big, important. Uh, it's the first time a uh, deaf actor has won uh, Best Supporting Actor award. Uh, and also surprising, again, it won over two, two people. For, again, The Power of the Dog, all these nominations, and only one win. Uh, like I said, I, but I was I was surprised that Jesse Plemons was nominated because he's he's it's he's kind of a boring nothing role. I, I was like, I don't think he really had to stretch. I think he just had to show up. A, bore, a boring nothing role excuse me sir he plays he plays um no i don't want to talk about you know i don't want to get in there because he's like a banker rancher he's he's the uh he's he's like the voice of reason to uh benedict cumberbatch's very yeah. kind of angry cowboy so it's he's it's, he's got to have like 26 minutes of screen time in that movie total like yeah, yeah he's really not in it that much yeah cody cody smith mcphee is really the standout performance between those two yeah um, congrats to Troy Kutzer. From what I heard from the, from the few people I know that saw Coda, everybody said he was super good in it. Like his character is really likable and really funny. So, um, you know, hey, <laughs> good for him. I, I don't know if this is his first time acting. I think it was. Um, always weird to see a first time actor take it away from people who've been doing it for years, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much more to say about it. Uh, our next our next uh, category. Well, hold on. I just did the last one. Andy, you want to? Uh, best documentary feature went to Summer of Soul uh, by uh, Questlove, uh, which was, it's. I haven't seen it. It's about uh, basically R&B festival from the 60s. I've heard it's really good, really phenomenal. I haven't seen it. Uh, all the n- nominees were, oh, I just lost it. Uh, Ascension, uh, which I've heard some about. Flea. Attica and riding with fire. Um, I don't know 
any of these. I haven't seen any of them. Normally I try to be up on documentary a little bit more, but I do know that obviously Flea has three really unique nominations and Summer of Souls available on Hulu. So if you have it, you can go check it out. Uh, I, I wish I'd seen it so I could say more, but you know, I, look, I'm, I, I love a good documentary. I don't watch them. I don't watch them enough. I, I should. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, can I skip live action short film? Do, do we? Yeah, yes. Yes. Sorry. All right. Uh, yeah. Best original screenplay went to Belfast from Kenneth Branagh. Other nominees included the worst person in the world. That was that one nominated for uh, best international feature. Don't look up on Netflix, licorice pizza from Paul Thomas Anderson and King Richard on HBO. Uh, we have not seen Belfast. Uh, I, 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 the writing we must be trying, pretty good. We, we keep trying to. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a little like, um, God, the movie I always compare it to is that Best Picture nom for a couple, from a couple years ago called The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins, where people said it was one of his best performances in his life, and it's still like eight bucks to rent it. It does not exist on a streaming service, so I'll just never see it, I guess, because um, I'm not going to pay to watch a movie that's been out for three years. You know, like, we're, come on, that should be rolled into my Netflix subscription. I, I'm a consumer. That's, that's pro-consumer. Andy, what do you think of Best Original Screenplay? Um, I, again, I haven't seen it. Uh, some of these, again, don't look up. I don't think is very good. I haven't seen Licorice Pizza. I, I have heard things about good things about worst, uh, worst person in the world. And then, uh, of course, uh, I mean, I didn't think very much of the King Richard movie personally, but yeah, it was all, it was, of, it was, it was, it was all right. Fine. Yeah. I thought it was a solid streaming joint. You know, if I feel like if it's seen in theaters, I would have been like, eh, exactly. But, yeah. If you're like, eh, why is it getting a nomination? It's true. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Uh, best adapted screenplay went to Coda. Um, other nominees included The Lost Daughter, Dune, Dune, My Arrakis, Dune. Uh, Drive My Car, and uh, The Power of the Dog. Uh, once again, The Power of the Dog getting shut out. Uh, the Lost Daughter, which we we did see, good movie, but it was uh, also kind of a struggle to get through. Dune would have been my favorite pick. Uh, I didn't realize Drive My Car was. Um, oh yeah, they do say it's a short story. So Coda, another big—that's a big win for that again little film with a lot of the big awards. Um, Dune's really weird. I, I don't know how that didn't take it. I mean, Coda must have a really good adapted script. People said for thirty years that Dune was an unfilmable movie, and even the David Lynch version, a lot of people had complaints with because they said it didn't really work. There have been uh, gestures towards how to make that film for literal decades, uh, and leading up to a documentary made about one from Alejandro Jodorowsky called Jodorowsky's Dune. Even that didn't get made because this movie was so hard to make. Not only did Denis Villeneuve manage to make an adaptation of Dune that's really good uh it won six other awards that we haven't gotten to yet i'm really surprised that didn't get best adapted screenplay because if the, if 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 the skill is the best at adapting a screenplay into a film i don't understand how filming the unfilmable isn't that thing especially when it wins a bunch of awards but hey coda's well, probably pretty good too i'm not bitter about it i'm not mad you know uh, ideally you want to reward films that are yeah. memorable and have had some sort of cultural impact i guarantee you in six months or a year no one's going to re remember coda uh, yeah we'll see so uh, my, that, my there'll be more th a lot of the, th the thinking is that if dune part two will get a lot of the bigger awards when it comes out in 2023 i laugh every time andy says my arrakis gets me every time uh <laughs> best makeup and hairstyling goes to the eyes of tammy faye uh jessica chastain takes another one additional nominees included cruella dune house of gucci and coming to america from amazon prime studios that's the sequel to coming to america like obviously yep. the, the old one uh what do you think andy uh so yeah I, i've heard that her makeup took like four hours to do 
Yeah. Uh, it's like Jim Carrey and the Grinch. Yeah, it took her a lot of time to... Well, she used that time to really get into the character, um, from what I heard. Uh, It was really great in Cruella, honestly, um, which actually got an award for Best Costume Design. I am low-key excited uh, Cruella got Best Costume, but we'll get down to that in a minute. Uh, Next up. Best Visual Effects uh, went to Dune. Dune! Uh, (laughs) This is right. Um, Not surprised there is one of the big... Uh, you know, special effects blockbusters of the year. Other nominations were Spider-Man No Way Home, Free Guy, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, kind of surprised that Spider-Man didn't get it just because, you know, Spider-Man's was so huge. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised Spider-Man didn't get it because of the absurd amount of green screen they used in Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> You'd think, like, at some point they just get it, like, uh, as an honorary. But honestly, I'm glad. Uh, I think... You know, it's funny since since these two got nominated. I was reading an article just last week about how Marvel is leaning way too much on like full blue screen, green screen sets, um, and mm-hmm. not building enough practical work. And and Dune was really the opposite of that. Dune felt so tangible, even though a lot of it was CG, like CG. Like they just used a lot of really basic methods to put sand on screen and then green screen behind it to make it look like there's layers of sand in front of our actors. Like even you know using big props to, to tell shoot small scenes miniatures like there's a lot going on in dune to kind of present that that kind of show sh- sh- that, that wonderful movie that it is uh you know i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad dune's getting some love uh yeah that's 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 what i gotta say about it i guess uh, uh best, any thoughts on this one now going on yeah, uh right. best original score also went to dune han for han zimmer um this was one of the best scores of the of the year easily. Um, I've added it to our, our soundtrack uh, playlist. Uh, phenomenal work. Uh, other nominees were Encanto, Don't Look Up, The Power of the Dog, and Parallel Mothers. I don't know how par- how Don't Look Up is on there because like, I cannot... Yeah. I have no idea what the score... Like, so, there's zero, zero anything memorable. Encanto, obviously, it's a musical. Very good. Yeah. Power of the Dog uh, is Johnny Greenwood who also did the uh, score for uh, There Will Be Blood. Uh, it's all, always very modern um, kind of thing. I, we, I didn't see Parallel Mothers. Again, why is Don't Look Up even in, anywhere near these awards? I, I can't hum a single bar of music from Don't Look Up. I, I don't. Also for screenplay, half that movie's improv, but whatever. I'm glad Dune got it. I'm bummed uh, Hans Zimmer wasn't invited to the Oscars because uh, this was one of those uh, pre-tape segments. So it was oh, his first no, Oscar win in 30 plus years. He wasn't even in the country, I don't think. <laughs> so like, bummer. Dude. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's 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 only one of the greatest film composers we have. Um, but hey, good for him. I'm glad he won. Uh, looking forward to, to what's next uh, from him and also from Dune. Now, I'm gonna skip best animated short. I'm gonna skip best short documentary. I'm gonna jump right into best cinematography. I went to Dune. Uh, additional nominees included The Tragedy of Macbeth, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. All films we've seen, all pretty solid picks, wouldn't you say, Andy? Yeah, I was going to say all the, especially Nightmare Alley, which we've seen in in black and white, phenomenal cinematography. The the Tragedy of Macbeth, which is almost like a stage play, but a lot of it looks kind of like a comic book, really well done. Some really clever shooting in a small budget scenario, like a lot of really cool stuff in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, the power of the dog, you know, it's a western out in Montana. A lot of really interesting landscape shots, and West Side Story was also done really well. Some, you know, that's one thing Spielberg kind of can do is he can come up with some really original looking shots. 
Yes, West Side Story is really some really good cinematography going on in there. But of all of my like Dune, like Dune, Dune was my favorite. Dune was the one that made me feel like, uh, you know, Arrakis is a real place. Like, and that's not easy to do. You know, um, more so than than Tatooine ever felt real in in my humble opinion. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, my Arrakis. Uh, best costume design goes to... Wait, I just did cinematography. Andy, please. Uh, best costume design went to Cruella, uh, hey. which starred Emma <laughs> Emma Stone as uh, the titular character. Um, with phenomenal costume in there. There's a there's kind of a fashion battle that, that happens between her and Emma Thompson's character, and it's a really interesting um, film, really, really great costuming. Uh, other nominees were Nightmare Alley, Dune, uh, Cyrano, and West Side Story. Also, all great com- uh, costumes. We didn't see Cyrano. Th- uh, we did not see Cyrano. I wanted to. Uh, from Joe Wright, director of Pride and Prejudice, 2004 and Atonement. Uh, I think the thing I liked about the outfits in Cruella, the things that the costumes that really stood out to me, like I feel like so many movies that are trying to show a a a lofty goal for a a a crafty character on screen will often miss the mark but they'll do their best right like uh, in bill and ted face the music when they had to write the song that saved the world it's not going to be the best song ever of course it isn't so what they end up doing is some kind of cheesy you know melody that kind of works for the movie and you just go along with okay yeah that's going to be the song that everybody likes even though it's a totally mediocre tune nobody remembers cruella goes the other way our fashionistas are trying to out design each other and they're designing like Met Gala level costumes and they're all super cool. Like I remember watching Cruella and thinking, dude, the costumes in this are outstanding. So I'm glad I got nominated. I'm glad it won. They're really good. Uh, go check out Cruella on Disney plus. There's anything I can say about the movies. Costumes were super good. So, you know, Hey, well done. Best film editing went to Dune. Uh, another winner for Dune. Uh, the nominees included the power of the dog. Don't look up. Tick, tick, boom. And King, Richard um dude is pretty film editing is a tough thing all right because film editing is you never it's hard to nail down a lot of people don't know it's what, where, what it's it means where all the cuts are made right yeah it's it's almost how you feel when you watch the movie like when you feel suspense uh at a scary scene and hereditary that's almost all because of film editing the way it's put together and the way it's constructed on screen to make you see and experience something like when you feel love when you watch a romance movie that's what that is so i think film editing says this is the one that made us the most elated this is the one that put us in our seats and made us feel like we were in another world um and dune was really good at that so it, it draws you in doesn't let go uh best production design went to dune as well other nominees were nightmare alley the power of the dog tragedy of Macbeth, west side story a lot of these are like the same like dune one and it was the same four yes. nominees uh but yes great great staging great you know the different planets and locations are made to feel very, very real, um, well-deserved. And, and finally, finally, best sound. Best sound, yes, goes to Dune. Uh, other nominees include West Side Story, Belfast, The Power of the Dog, No Time to Die. Dude, those ships taking off, that sand blowing, those giant sandworms, that's all sound, baby. That stuff works. That brings you in. Dune walks away with six wins at the Academy Awards. Uh, not too that, shabby. I think that was the most of anyone. I think it was the most of anyone. Um, God, and there we are at the end of the Oscars. Andy, what do you think? 94th Academy Awards uh, from the winners and losers and the snubs. I don't know. Overall impressions? I, I mean, I, I didn't feel anyone was really snubbed or... I did. Uh, <laughs> who, was, who was snubbed? Denis Villeneuve. He didn't even get nominated well, the, for Best well, Director. My right, God. But of, but of the nominees. Um, oh, okay. okay. You know. Uh, I mean, my, 
it was just kind of weak the, the, of who they chose for a lot of the top awards. Like the the acting awards were, were a, a load of weak films. Half of the best picture noms were kind of weak. And we mentioned a number of really great films that didn't get any recognition or nomination. So it's just, it's strange sometimes. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they kind of get it right. And uh, but all anyone's ever going to remember is this is the slap. Is the slap. Yeah, the slap, the slap heard around the world. That's going to be that's going to be the thing. Uh, it's a shame it has to go that way, right? I, I hope in the future our our Oscar <laughs> Oscar attendees can uh, maybe hang on to a little composure even when they're excited about winning or potentially losing. Security. Um, yeah, I, ho- I, I, I assume that they will just bar off the front of the stage now, right? Like nobody nobody walks up that way. Like that's not, nobody's going to rush the it stage is. ever. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they'll be a little wiser next year. Any any uh, any any snubs for anybody that wasn't nominated, Andy? I'm going to throw you two, three. I mean, one, obviously, Denny uh, yeah. yeah, Denny Villeneuve's the big. I'm going to say two, David Lowry for The Green Knight. Criminal that it got no, no, no nominations. And three, and I'll only throw one. All right, I'm just going to throw one nom at Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch for production design. That's it. Those I could get on board cool. with that. I would. I yeah. would also. I would raise you a uh, Julia Durkanal for Teton. <sighs> Uh, which which should have gotten the best too hot too hot yeah, for the Oscars. It, it, it is it's it's too it's too bold um, no that should have gotten best international nom- a nomination for best international film 100% should have gotten the nomination for best international that that good god i felt like i was on a roller coaster like that since i watched hereditary um Titan, good stuff. And that's the that's the Oscars. That's the Academy Awards. Uh, we're here at the end of it. We're looking forward to the 95th next year. And if you want to keep it here on Oscript for more or hear any of our old Oscars coverage, just go scrolling back through our stuff. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button and uh, let us know you swung by with the rating and review. And with that, we should move into... Normally, I plug the show at the end. Sorry. With that, we should move into our review for the episode. Uh, Andy, you want to take some... I didn't, I didn't, we didn't work out the summary. Hold on. Wait a second. Fresh. Bit of bit of, bit of on. I, I can do, do it. it. I can. Okay. I can. Okay. I, I think I can do it. I, I think I got it because I watched it like yesterday. Yeah, uh, the movie is uh, fresh. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. Doesn't have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh no. See, that's that's shady. So fresh is the story of Noah, a young woman who is dating in Portland and having no luck. She's been on Tinder. She's been on Bumble. She's got a really supportive friend, but she just hasn't found the right guy yet. Everybody's a jerk. And then she goes on a wonderful date uh, with a young doctor, a plastic surgeon named Steve. And uh, after just a weekend of love and flirting and fun and, you know, maybe a little staying over and getting you know, breakfast the next morning. Uh, Steve whisks her away for the weekend uh, to his cabin in the woods to uh, uh, give them a great weekend out. And suddenly upon arrival, Noah finds out uh, Steve is not who he says he is. And things are, are not at all the way they seem. And suddenly Fresh becomes a very different kind of movie. Uh, the movie is available on Hulu. It is an hour 54. Uh, this is a recommendation from Andy after he saw it a few weeks ago. Andy, what'd you think of Fresh? Fresh is a fun little horror movie. It's, um, you know, what did we we watch? Uh, Kimmy was we, was a small kind of straight-to-streaming film we watched a couple weeks ago, and it, it felt like a straight-to-streaming film. It was just it felt really cheap. And Fresh is definitely on a budget. It's kind of a bottle film, mostly takes place uh, inside this creeper's house. Uh, But 
it feel, felt so different. It was a much more engaging, interesting story. Cared a lot more about the characters. It, it does that thing of like it. Sh- there's a lot of off-screen kind of violence or off-screen, you know, horror that that you have to imagine. Uh, and so it, it, it's a good way of keeping the budget down and still being uh, scary. Uh, we have Sebastian Stan doing a a really good. Uh, just like kind of crazy lead. And uh, so this was the first time I've heard of this actress, Daisy Edgar Jones. And now she's like everywhere. Like I I saw saw her in like three trailers for upcoming movies. Um, Yeah. She's in that new movie where the crawdad sings, which I think is probably going to be her breakout because that's going to be theatrical. She's done a bunch of TV, I think. Um, But yeah, Yeah. this is her first like feature as far as I can tell. Um, And and she's really good, good too. The, the story is nice and creepy and touches a little bit on, you know, some class consciousness, um yeah it was a good, nice little film and uh, i enjoyed it yeah fresh is a a unique feature um fresh does something the drive my car does that i think is worth talking about i don't think it's a spoiler um both of these movies drop their title cards late um which is <laughs> okay listen on the one hand it can be a gimmick okay <laughs> on the other hand it could be a, a, a new film technique that i absolutely love dude i fall uh, both these movies the second those title cards came up like the biggest shit-eating grin comes across my face and i feel like i'm in, i'm in for something new um it's so cheesy but it works so good and it takes a turn right at the half hour mark uh into an area that it did not seem like it was gonna go and i tried to be smart i tried to not watch any trailers i didn't look up any summaries or anything i just went in as fresh as i could um and I'll be honest, that first half hour was a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> in my in my opinion, um, I'm not dating, and I, I think it does a really good job of capturing this feeling of hopelessness when you're dating around and on Tinder and not getting anywhere and meeting people who are just weird and talking to your friends and being uncomfortable about it and then maybe finding somebody you kind of like and trying to be honest and open with them. Like, It does a really good job of nailing that down uh, pretty early. Um, but man, once they get out to the cabin, uh, it turns into another beast. Yeah. Well, um, Sebastian Stan's character is a little bit too good to be true. He's like a doctor and, but he's like really nice. He's not a jerk. And he, like, he's obviously very wealthy. He's got this, you know, drives a Tesla, has this really, really nice house and, all the rest of us are like this this guy's a serial killer like <laughs> right how how could this person be single and be so charismatic and dateable but like yeah it doesn't add up like it's just something from the from the jump that seems weird but, but that's i mean that's how horror movies are you know they're going to their doom uh yeah uh essentially uh but yeah once we get the to his um lair or or home that's where yeah things uh take a turn <laughs> yeah they certainly do um, I was surprised at the body horror in this movie. Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't want to give away what exactly is going on. Um, but you can obviously, you can obviously suspect that our guy, Steve is maybe preying on young women in the city. And that's a pretty apt, apt analysis. Uh, and when you find out what's, what he's doing with them <laughs> and what's going on, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not particularly nice. And there's, there's a bit of, um, yeah, body horror. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. That is just uncomfortable because the movie like really plays it almost like a comedy gag. Like it's 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 there's a lot of music in the movie, a lot of pop, and it's kind yeah. of like played off almost for a laugh. And it's weird. It's weird tonally, and it doesn't really work. But at the same time, like when you're watching something horrifying and the tone is off, it feels even more unsettling. So I don't know if it was intentional or not, but from director Mimi Cave, I think it it was. 
it's uniquely presented some of the some of the scenes in this film that are a little bit more 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 painful to watch well also you, you could see where you know a larger budget of this movie would have you could lean into it a lot more you could make it like saw level or like hostile kind of it lends itself to that level of like gore um but it 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 strays away from that because I think it's a smaller budget movie and you know, there are yeah insinuations of, of body horror, but a lot, it's not shown near as much as it would be kind of in a mainstream movie. It's true. And that's not easy to do. Um, I remember watching this and I told you, it reminded me of seeing the pre previews for that 2019 film swallow um, about a woman who yeah swallows household objects, starting with like a thumbtack and, and it's just oh, like, I remember oh God, like, yeah, like just just even even though you know it's a film and you know it's not real, like just the idea of it in it presented in the right fashion can like really push you over the edge. I never saw that movie because it would creep me out too much. And Fresh doesn't quite wander in that category, but definitely definitely similar vibes at points. It's like my my god, like this is <laughs> this is really unsettling. So, um, and I was pleased that it's able to present that, like you said, on a really small budget. That's just tone, man. That's some good editing, some good direction, some quality cinematography. You pace those scenes out nice and well, and before you know it, your audience's skin is crawling because they feel like what they're seeing is representative of an idea so frightening that it's gross, right? Like you just associate it. It's almost like Titan kind of does the same thing in certain bits, like really, really effective filmmaking and on a budget, on a tight budget. It's good stuff. Yeah, it reminded me, so it's got a little bit of the theme of like, women working together but also women devouring each other to survive and uh i i rewatched the uh the neon demon the nicholas winding refn film uh, just a couple of days ago and that has a similar um people eating basically eating each other to not literally but to get on top to survive to one up each other it's a little bit of that i never watched that movie would you recommend it absolutely i haven't seen it i haven't seen it since i watched it the first time in like 2014 or whatever and it's yeah. phenomenal yeah that was a real big swing after um drive. there were walk there were walkouts <laughs> yeah right everybody thought it was gonna be drive two and it's like no no this is not this is not what's going on there yeah then he made only god forgives that was that was weird too maybe i switched those either way um i liked sebastian Stanton's movie I, I know you talked about performances a little bit already but like he's really charming he's clearly I mean, I, the front he's runner here, fun. like, yeah, like, and he, he knows what it is and, and he's having a good time. And especially Stan's an actor that like, I'm kind of just middling on, but it's pleasant when they can turn out a performance that is, you know, captivating. Like you're pretty much glued to the screen when he's on screen. Like you're, you're pretty much paying attention to what he's doing and, and that's good stuff. Additionally, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, I think is her name, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, she's great. I'm excited to see her in her next movie. Like, it seems like we got a couple of solid up and comers. Uh, it's a couple of additional cast members uh, in this movie who are not as prominently featured. Everybody's pretty good, um, but overall, it's uh, it's a solid little streaming feature, and I'm I'm impressed at how much they were able to do with simple sets. Right, it does, you don't move around a lot once once you get out to the cabin. That's where most of the film is taking place. Um, you know, so low budget, simple sets. And, and and quality camera work, lots of tripods, lots of lockdown shots, not a lot of handheld in this movie. Like, it, it feels like everything's very thought out, storyboarded, everything was very planned. Um, and that makes, you know, your your kind of criminal mastermind in the film all that more exciting to watch because it feels like the film is just right. as controlled as he is. The only one, there's one thing that took me out of it is, you know, anytime he's like scrubbed up and in like the surgery theater, I'm like... You know, he would need an assistant. I don't think he could do this all on his own. 
<laughs> he yeah. would need to, he would need some, several people. Right. But. Yeah, and it's yeah, he's he's got this kind of level of of psychosis about him where yeah, he's he, he throws on surgery scrubs for stuff and it's just like one not only do you probably not even need those, but two, yeah, typically that would imply you doing this with another group of people. Like why you you're basically doing this at home. Like why aren't you just doing it in shorts and a t-shirt for God's sake? You should look like you're mowing the lawn. <laughs> What's Gosh. the difference? But you know what? Yeah, it's neither here nor there. Uh, it's good for the film, I guess. Look looks good. Um, shoot. Any other thoughts for recommendations? I meant for this one to be a quick one. We 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 wanted to, you know. Yeah, kind of I'm uh, I'm so. I'm ready. Uh, Andy, would you recommend Fresh? Yeah, I would. It's it's a fun little movie horror movie. It's you know what they've started calling bottle films, where it primarily takes place in one location. Very small cast, very shoestring cast, and budget and all that. And it's still it's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, if you've had to do an, it, you know be exist in the modern dating world uh you'll get a kick out of it uh for sure it definitely takes a lot of jabs at that um good performances from our lit our lead sebastian stan and daisy edgar jones so uh yeah definitely recommend and that's on hulu uh yes it is available on hulu yeah not bad i i mean normally if i'd seen it in theaters i might say save it for streaming but good news it's already there that's exactly where it's supposed to be and i think it does a great job of doing what it is on that platform if you have hulu check out fresh um content warning yeah it's a little violent <laughs> so if you're watching with somebody squeamish maybe maybe not super into it it's not mega gore but a lot of it is implied and that stuff will you know that's that stuff can keep you up at night if you're in the wrong headspace for it so uh fresh not a bad feature and uh one more thing before we wrap the show this week uh since andy had already seen fresh i i kind of cornered him into finally watching uh, drive my car <laughs> <laughs> the winner of this year's best international feature uh and and so i'm glad that he uh appeased me and actually watched it it was long i'm glad he did though and like i said at the top of the show i watched this uh during episode uh 166 i talked about drive my car um so if you want to hear more from me on that we could talk about that but for now just a brief conversation andy um tell me about drive my car man what do you think So I thought it was really good. It's this really kind of strange relationship drama, a man recovering, dealing with the, the death of his wife. Part of the reason it's so long is that the what is essentially the first act, the first 35, 40 minutes, would normally just be like the opening scene, the opening five minutes of, of the movie. But it, they, it takes its time, like, because uh, basically the uh, his wife dies at the end of act one, but you get a whole 30, half hour, 40 minutes of their relationship establishing kind of where they are and it's very uh, they're very close it's very intimate um and it's also very tragic when uh, she just kind of passes out of, out of nowhere and it's so then he struggles um well it kind of jump, jumps ahead to two years later but he's he's been asked to you know direct this play that he's famously always played the lead in um and he does it's a unique recreation where all the characters are speaking different languages including um sign language uh, so you know, it's about relationships. It's a uh, it's about uh, family. Uh, there's other characters struggling in, in different ways. Uh, one one of the actors uh, he works with is you know also in love with the same woman and has also had problems with his public life. And there, there's so much going on in this movie, but it's just so long. It's a full three hours. Like I said, yeah, I, watch watch yes. it in chunks. But like Act Two is like almost two hours long. It's a lot. Yeah. 
Um, so Andy has said nothing wrong here. Um, and I agree with pretty much everything. Um, I thought the world of this movie, I, I thought it was really unique. I feel terrible for dragging my wife to see it because she, I, I know she was bored. She liked it, but, um, it's, 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 it's just too long. It's the one thing I wish I could change about it. They either need to cut a half hour somewhere, um, which they could do. Cause there are definitely some scenes that go long here. Um, or yeah, like split it into parts. Um, it's on HBO. So if you want to watch it, you should, and you can watch it in halves. That's the way I'd probably say to do it. Um, or maybe in like three sections, but, um, I really, I really think the world is movie. Yeah. I, I think, I think what's going on in it is really good. It just, it lacks a certain, like, I, I don't know, a, a certain emotional flair, like a, a, a climactic ending that, that makes you yeah, go I out agree. and tell tell all the world about it. I mean, like, it, it reminds me of the first half of, like, Parasite in that it's it's good and it makes me kind of twirl my mustache and think, man, this is really great cinema. But then Parasite takes a turn, and by the time you leave the theater, you're like, I need to text everybody I know and tell them to go see this movie. Drive My Car doesn't quite do that. It doesn't expect you to. It, it has more to say about this kind of universal language of love and loss and grief and handling grief and despair um, than it does to <laughs> give you any kind of climactic end with big action or anything. And that's okay. Um, I really like what it's doing though. I, I like what this movie has to say about language. Um, and I wanted to see if you had any, any, any unique musings on that, Andy. Well, the uh, only that, you know, language is more than just well, what is said. It's a lot of what's, you know, body language, what's seen and heard and, those i mean that's that's a big part of it too you know one of the actors in the movie is um is mute but not deaf uh and she speaks korean sign language in in the midst of all the rest of these actors who are also speaking japanese chinese uh tagalog english um it's really it's a, it's, it's a really unique uh thing but it feels yeah. a lot more like a stage play a lot of times it does, yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 the, the stage play in the film is an actual stage play, um, but they don't they don't actually present much of that. They just kind of give you a few key scenes. They don't really tell you like here's what's going on. So I'm sure that's worth reading into on the back end. But yeah, I, I I like the way these characters have to interact with each other without speaking the same language. All going off a of script though. All all going off what they are told to say, like by the director in the film. Uh, and and then working off of each other's kind of just body emotions from that. And like it it's subtle, but it works. Like and, and if you're kind of tuned into what Drive My Car is doing, like you can really see the patience um that the filmmaker had the filmmakers had to have to get that to come across on screen. And I think it works really well. Um, but that patience comes at a cost, and that is a really long runtime. Yeah. Um, which I don't dislike. Again, I, I will probably go rewatch this film at some point. I, I really thought it was neat. Additionally, um, a couple other quick thoughts. Um, it's a beautiful film. Lots of lots of really wide wide angle lenses of Japan. Lots of scenery. Obviously, lots of this red sob uh, driving down down the road. This car uh, in, in titular drive my car. Um, it's very well presented, and our actors and actresses are fantastic. A lot of people said uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, uh, the uh, lead in this movie, got snubbed this year for best actor. I don't. I can't say for sure, but he's really good in it. Um, what do you think, Andy? I thought it was fine. I actually have to go soon, though, so we need to wrap up. Mm. Time to wrap up the show, then. Uh, Andy, what are we watching next week? All right. So next week, uh, well, we're off because Zach is traveling, but uh, the big release is Morbius finally on April 1st. It's not a April Fool's joke, but the uh, Jared Leto superhero film, Morbius, where he's part doctor, part vampire, uh, 
that's the big release. Uh, we we won't. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, and we're also going to try and see everything everywhere all at once, uh, which I th- think we'll be getting a wide release by then. And uh, the other big release on April eighth is uh, Ambulance and Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yes, which we may end up seeing again at some point as well. If you enjoyed the show today, if you want to hear our future reviews or maybe weigh in on our older Oscar stuff, you want to tell us what you thought of this Will Smith slapping Chris Rock thing, uh, email us at mail at offscriptfilmreview.com. You can check out our website, offscriptfilmreview.com, for full episodes. You can find us on Facebook where we live stream the show every Tuesday. We're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. And you can find us in all those usual places as well, as well as audio platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartMedia. We're all over. And the biggest thing you could do to help your boys here at Script is just subscribe. I know I plugged it like twice during the show. Sorry. I know I need to lay off of it. But it would really help us if you did. Subscribing is a big help for little podcasts like ours. And you can also leave us a rating and review. That would help a ton too. Just drop five stars down there and let us know how we did on the show so we can get better. And then we can give you, you know, film reviews every single week. So keep it here on Script for more. From all of us at Script, the home of Bold Cinema, I'm Zach Lewis. And I'm Dr. Draper. Thanks for watching.